Hello and welcome back to Pop and Fizz. What follows is apparently what happens when I leave Hamish and George alone to come up with their own radio plays. I totally have nothing to do with what happens and what you're going to hear now. I just want you to know that um, none of this is on me. So if you don't like it, don't come to me. And if you love it, well, make sure you come to at Fizz Podcast on Twitter or find us on Poppin' Fizz on Instagram and tell Hamish how much you love it. We just let this light break. Not long enough for an advertisement, but for comedic effect. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and now we're back. Um, so, 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 I was thinking that uh, you and I mm-hmm. could do um, habitual grommets. Okay. Let's see. Well. Habitual grommet. Okay. So, um, which is inspired by a true story. All right. Not not my own true story. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So, would you like me to read the descriptions? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, you're the one with the talent. Um, I just wrote the thing. So. Oh, I don't understand. <laughs> Oh, look, I know I'm not an actor, but I really enjoy it. Like, you know, when we're doing those those radio plays, it's so much fun to just be a part of it. I mean, we can we can do all four of these if you really want. <laughs> uh, well, Toy Girl's a bit long. Like, if that's like a 10-page script, so... Okay, we can do three of them then, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, let's see. This one is Habitual Grommet. Oh, habitual right Grommet. Okay, it's- so... Um, so Norm, Gromit, Norm, Gromit. Let me just see if there's uh, another role other than Norm and Gromit. Girlfriend. Uh, uh, gee, I thought there was Wallace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wallace and Gromit. Oh. <laughs> So we've got habitual grommet. Um, oh, righty then. <laughs> so, uh, so you, uh, if I can get you to read, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll be Norm. Can you be Grommet? And and I'll be I'll be I, maybe I'll be Norm and the girlfriend, and you can be Grommet and and the voiceover. All right. So. Oh, all right. Oh, I always get so excited when I see a script in text form. <laughs> Woohoo! Like uh, it's actually a properly written script. Yeah, it's like something out of Final Draft. <laughs> it well, it actually is. Oh. So, <laughs> all right. You know, I mean, I don't always write uh, stuff quickly. And... I I kind of I kind of lost Final Draft to my other computer, which sort of I don't know if it's working, but I kind uh... of so I have to use cell text now if I if I want to try to format it in the least <laughs> sure anyway, i, th- I think it. i'll go 
Yes, fade in. Here at college dorm day. Norm, a college undergraduate, is awake in bed. He gingerly peeks at his roommate, Rummet. Rummet, also in bed, stares directly, unmoving at Norm. Norm takes his pillow, gets it up, and holds it over Rummet's face. I told you, if you ever do it again, I'm going to... Rummet wakes up. What? Dude, it's weird. I told you, I sleep with my eyes open. Norm points toward the wall. At least look that way when you do it, freak. Interior showers, day. Norm enters the showers. He turns on the hot water, gets a shock of cold water. Oh, ah! boy. Finally, the hot water comes. <laughs> but water built up around his feet. Soon, it is a mini lake. Damn it! Norm feels around for what is clogging the drain. It is hair. Short and curly hair. Gromit! Interior college dorm day. Norm packs his bags to go to class. Gromit struggles out of bed, uh, scratching his balls. <laughs> uh, maybe when I'm older, I'll have two lumps on my head from various injuries. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, so continue. Coffee. Must find coffee. Norm gives Gromit uh... the Gromit pants. Gromit looks down, jumps into some weak old unwashed pants. Norm looks at him with disgust. Gromit, my girlfriend's coming over tonight, remember? Norm points to the calendar, which reads, Girlfriend! <laughs> nice one, man. I'm cool. I'll be out of your way. <laughs> Thanks. Norm rushes off the class. Gromit scratches his balls. <laughs> scratches his balls again. <laughs> he just covers his belly button and eats it. Oh, breakfast. Nice one. <laughs> I, I was the improvised there, but it's your script, so I won't. Fine, no problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, Gromit high-fives so... himself in the mirror. Um, okay, interior college dorm later. Gromit lies in bed, playing up... A... Sorry, I, I, it accidentally kicked me out of it. <laughs> I accidentally pressed backspace. Give me a second. Oh, sorry. And... So Gromit lies in bed, Gromit playing, lies in bed on his... playing on his Nintendo DS intently, like his life depended on the game. No one comes in with his girlfriend. They're coming back from their date and are kissing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they don't notice Gromit. Things start to get hot and heavy with Norm and his girl. <laughs> Gromit looks up. Get a room. Norm is <gasps> shocked. You're not even supposed to be here. <laughs> My buddy's bailed on me. Sorry, man. Your imaginary friends from Final Fantasy? They're not imaginary. Janine, wait. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm going home. See you, Norm. Janine, wait. Girl gives Norm the hand and exits. Norm throws his pillow of grommet. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I've been trying to get her to come back here for weeks. Uh, all right, man. <laughs> Gromit packs up his stuff. I'll go study in the library. Lily brushes over Norm's face and hides from it. Thanks, man. Oh, don't get all gay on me, man. <laughs> Norm oh. recomposes himself. Gromit exits. Norm jumps for joy. Fade out. And fade back in, I assume, for the next day. Now, Norm mm. wakes up with a satisfied grin. His girlfriend is asleep in his arms, and all is right with the world. Norm gingerly peeks over at Gromit's side of the room. Gromit lies in bed, staring directly at the couple. 
Gromit! Peter, the end. There you go. So, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, what, what are the other two we should do? <laughs> if, if any, if any. If any. Um, look, I don't know. I mean, the, the trouble is, like, the, the other ones aren't really that funny. <laughs> They're more serious, so... I don't know. Feels kind of weird doing uh, a serious one with a Stephen Elliott episode. Uh, episode. Well, some ones are okay. Like I can practice my acting chops, you know. That's true. That's true. Um, if, if anything, I I do all three of the other ones, even Toy Girl. I know it's I know it's a bit long, but still, it's okay. You yeah. Know. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we've got a bit of time, so um, well. And also, uh, and also, Chris Watt just thanked us for answering his question in the previous episode. So there we oh, go. Oh, he listened. Woohoo! Thank you for answering my question, guys. <laughs> nice. I was tagged. Nice. Obviously, it went to me as well. You know. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's all good. I I like being tagged always. <laughs> it's nice. all good. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> That's right. So let and uh, well, the toy girl probably is a bit depressing too. But let's do the toy girl. Right. Why not? Why not? All right. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a bit of a long one. It's um, okay. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. It was it was uh, written oh on my birthday, uh, in twenty fourteen. So wow. six years ago, over six years ago. Um, so written by someone with hopes and dreams of becoming a big success. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah, sorry. so this was supposed to be. Sorry, I just remembered. <laughs> sorry, yeah. uh, just uh, just a correction to something earlier in the podcast slash video. Yeah. Uh, I know you said ten minutes for my last uh, procrastination episode, but I, it, when you play it, it says nine minutes. Like I even put in the description nine minutes, and it just. Sorry, I just thought of that before. It's just I, I know. That's true. That's true. I, I I just meant ten minutes as in like as in like approximately ten minutes. Yeah. At nine minutes, I'm pretty sure it's like my shortest episode in my po- in my personal podcast. <laughs> hey, that's a good episode. Like, you know, I don't think you were planning it to be nine minutes, but it just sort of, th- that's actually, the way it panned out. I only spend as much time as I, as I need, you know. It's very concise, very tight as a drum, you know. All right, so let's go with the script. Uh, okay, so how many characters? Um... From memory, there are a few. So, Delivery Man, Rose. Um, Delivery Man, Rose. Uh, there's a boy. There's Tessa. Tessa. Uh, Naomi. Monster Man. <laughs> um, uh, Naomi Rose. Snotty girl. There's quite case, a lot of characters. In that case, just so I don't confuse the listeners, um, those who only have audio to go by, should we say the character names? Let's say the character names. Hmm. Let's do it's that. Like, you know, I wish they would have done that for Game of Thrones. I would have kept watching past the pilot if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> just like everyone wears a little name tag. It's like, this is who I am. Yes, I... inaccurate. Uh, chop smart, chop S smart. Yes, Army of Darkness reference. Random Army of Darkness reference. <laughs> 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 oh, see, I mean that—that's kind of my little pet peeve about 
just uh, just films just with one casting director, mm-hmm. and you know that that casting director has like a particular a particular type of face that they like, mm-hmm. and then everyone in the film ends up looking exactly the same. And mm. uh, like, like I feel like, you know, because this is an all Australian episode, um, Home and Away, I feel like has that. Like, I just feel like all the kids on Home and Away have like the weak chin and the big eyes, and they just, just they, they, like, <sighs> anyway, that, that's my little pet peeve is like when casting directors cast everyone. That look exactly the same. Look, my my pet my pet peeve was that uh, somehow Home and Away is still popular in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> sure. I, know, I know I know a few people. I know people work hard on it, and I get that, and mm. I admire the filming and stuff. But I personally really don't like Home and Away. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I I really got into it as a kid for about a year, and then. When, uh, sorry, just it's me being hungry. Um, so I, I forgot the character's name, but when there's there's a particular character that leaves at the end of that first year, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, well, I don't have to watch anymore. And it's gone mm-hmm. on for like twenty, thirty odd years since then. But no, no, um, thirty-two years. 32 years. Well, there you go. So I was eight years old when I've when I've watched that first year of Home and Away that I enjoyed. Uh-huh. And then I never watched it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... Yeah, I feel like I feel like we got a little bit sidetracked. Should we uh, read the script? Sure, let's read the script. All right. So this this so... will we'll read the script and then this will be the end. Um okay. all right. So, so um do the descriptions. Uh, would you like to do the descriptions? Yes, yes. So the there's way, a lot of description though. There's a lot of action. In advance to Beck, who has to edit, who probably has to edit this. Oh, the, the, because I think that'll probably be me editing this particular right, yeah. one. I, it's just she usually edits the podcast episode, so I was assuming. Sorry. Yeah, she usually <laughs> does. Um, I I was now I'm assuming because you know she might want to. So I'll I'll give her the audio and she might edit and then the video might end up being like a director's cut. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, okay, <laughs> okay, interior house day, fade in. There is a knock at the door. Um, a woman, Rose, about 40, grandly opens the door. A delivery man stands there. On his lapel is a logo of a stork carrying a baby. Is this Miss Rose Elliot? Yes, this is she. Uh, sign here. He hands her a tablet. She touches it, and it scans in her fingerprints. They are accepted. The delivery man steps back, <clears throat> steps back to reveal a large, clear plastic box. Inside is a little android girl of about five, Naomi. She's all yours. I've never seen one like it. She's custom made. Well, she looks just like you. Rose, overwhelmed with joy, hugs the box and excitedly unwraps her. Naomi's eyes light up. Hello, Mummy. Rose tenderly holds her in her arms. Um, just when I thought it was too late to have children, a little angel came into my life. I will call you Naomi after my grandmother. 
I promise to never let you out of my sight, little one. Series of scenes, Rose hand makes beautiful little dolls dresses for Naomi every day in the dress. She dresses her as a mini-me and keeps her as an accessory and pet, always inside. Rose plays the piano for her. Naomi dances and claps. A gust of wind blows open the curtains. Naomi sees the outside world for the first time. She runs excitedly towards it. But Rose claps the curtains shut before she reaches them. No, the outside world is a dangerous, dangerous place, teeming with monsters and strange people. Apparitions of these monsters appear behind her as she speaks. If you were even out there for a second, you would die. Stay inside. She hugs Naomi. Uh, you're safe here with me. Stay inside with me forever. Naomi shivers and hugs her mummy tight. Rose guides her up the stairs and into the attic. Naomi walks into the attic. Good night, pet. Rose closes the door. She places a kiss on her hand, then touches the doorknob. The door locks. Interior house, attic bedroom, continuous. Everything is analog and wooden. A little, a little girl's dream room, a rocking horse, and dolls galore. Light streams through the attic window, highlighting the little wisps of dust that form as Naomi moves around the room. Naomi plays with her dolls and plays on the rocking horse. She explores under every nook and cranny. She finds a little robotic lantern. Inside is a little candle and matchbox. She touches it. It zooms up and around the room, causing a minor dust storm before crash landing under the big wooden table. Naomi badly paints a picture of a horse on a sketchbook with some old watercolour paints. But none of it is enough. She sighs and looks longingly at the window. Another little girl, Tessa, is playing outside in the neighbor's garden. She watches her. Soon the sun begins to set. The neighbor's door opens and Tessa runs inside. Naomi dives under the mosquito net and into an old wooden four-poster bed. There she lies awake in her own little protected world. Interior house, morning. Naomi watches her mother eat breakfast. She holds a little horse toy closer to her chest. Sorry, closely to her chest. Interior mm. house that moment. Some boys drag Tessa to the front door. The boy says, mm. uh, We'll play with you if you knock on the door. I heard a witch lives here. They push her toward the door. She rings the doorbell, then breaks free and runs away. Yes, I, that was just Tessa. I forgot about the character name thing, but that was Tessa. Mm. Um, interior house, continuous. Rose opens the door, finds no one there. Exterior house, continuous. The boys hide behind the white picket fence. They cover their mouths to <laughs> hide their muffled laughter. Interior house, continuous. The phone rings. Rose hurriedly flits away to answer it, forgetting to close the door. Naomi spots the open door. She gingerly escapes out of the house with, a ho with her horse doll to protect her. Exterior street, continuous. Naomi takes every step like it was going to be her last. The sun shines brightly in her eyes. The outside world doesn't kill her. It does not kill her. Success! She gleefully smiles. But Tessa, playing alone with her little dolls. Naomi walks up to her, holding her horse by the leg. Tessa lights up when she sees the horse. Be my friend? Naomi nods. Tessa takes her by the hand. They play with their dolls together creating an imaginary world of princes and monsters. 
They see a man coming down the street. The girls are a little afraid. Naomi says, Is he a monster? Tessa says, Yes. I dare you to touch his bottom. Naomi, okay. Naomi runs out onto the street, up to the man. The monster man says, Hello. Hello. Naomi screams in the monster's face, runs back into her house. The monster man rolls his eyes and keeps on walking. To Tessa, he says, Hi, baby. Kisses her on the forehead. Hi, Daddy. Sorry, I I feel like I didn't pronounce Daddy enough there. (laughs) My bad. That's all right. Don't worry. Don't worry. This is good. Great house day. Rose stands over Naomi like a tower. Rose says, Ah, I told you never to go outside. Anything could have happened to you. Rose drags Naomi up the stairs. Rose then says, You are permanently grounded, little Smith. Rose locks her inside the attic. Interior attic bedroom continuous. Naomi cries bitterly in her room. The room seems like a prison now. The other toys are ever watchful guards. Out the window she sees Tessa in her room, waving at her. Naomi smiles and waves back. Later, at night, Naomi holds herself in a tight ball, whimpering to herself. Suddenly, she spots the lantern. She smiles conspiratorially. She dives for it. Particles of dust swirl up into the air. Naomi writes a note with a feather and ink and attaches it to the lantern. She lights the candle with a match and sets the lantern onto the window ledge. With the remote control, she guides it across the divide between the houses, over the tall tree, past the fireflies attracted to the candlelight. It hits and bounces off the window pane of Tessa's window. Tessa furiously jumps up, her face lights up, and she retrieves the lantern. A short while later, she jumps up and excitedly wanes back at Naomi, who guides the lantern back to her room. Now Tessa has attached a new note Naomi sets about writing the answer. In a series of scenes, the girls communicate via the lantern, which float between their houses. Attic bedroom, morning interior. Naomi opens the window, sends out the lantern. Exterior attic bedroom, continuous. The lantern flies over the tree and up to Tessa's window. The lantern bounces on the window pane, but the window does not open. Interior attic bedroom, continuous. Naomi watches out the window, waiting for the lantern to return. Then she, t- she sees Tessa bounding out of the front door. She's wearing a school uniform. A school uniform. She mm. excitedly jumps into the car, and her dad drives them off. Later at night, Naomi sees other little girls come over, to- come over to Tessa's house. She watches them have a sleepover. Tessa comes to the window and sees Naomi. They smile at each other. Then Tessa closes the curtains. Naomi rushes downstairs and she says, Oh, please, please, please let me go over there. Rose looks into her eyes and cannot refuse. Rose says, All right, let me call her mother. Naomi cheers for joy! Yay! Interior neighbor's house, bedroom Mm. at night. Now, Naomi joins the other girls. They are playing school. One snotty girl lords herself over the others. Now, Tessa says, this is Naomi. The snotty girl says, we're playing school today, and I am the teacher. You go to school, Naomi. Naomi says, No, no, what school? The little girl's titter. School is where you learn 
help to be a grown-up. If, if you don't go to school, you must be a baby, the Snowy Girl says. And we don't want to play with any babies. And the girl, you sit over there and play with the other toys. We're playing big girls' games. The girls ignore her and leave her in the corner. Tessa looks at Naomi with pity. Then the snotty girl slaps her on the wrist and points at her schoolwork. Interior house day, Naomi. Please, please, please let me go to school. I want to be a grown-up like the other girls. Oh, I I see what you did there. Sorry, I, I love that detail. Um, Rose then says um, uh, But it's no fun being a grown up Naomi then says Yes, yes, yes it is You can play games and tell other people what to do Rose Okay Oh sorry Yep Rose Okay uh, <laughs> Okay I guess this day was unavoidable I've been neglecting my work Yay! <laughs> Exterior house. Naomi's all dressed up to go to school, happy as a pig in mud. She skips off with Tessa to her dad's car. The car drives up. Dissolve to exterior house later. An adult woman and child walk up to the house and knock on the door. Uh, I can't knock on the wall or all the neighbors. Super imposed. In this case, in the script, it is labeled super. Mm. 30 years later. Mm. Interior house. I was just explaining that for the people who might not know what it means in a script. It's just super in the script, but it's supposed to mean superimpose. Mm. All right. So, interior house continuous. Naomi's mm. the same age. Is looking after her now sickly mother. Her mother lies in bed surrounded by her toys. Now there is another knock at the door. Naomi opens the door to find adult Tessa. Mm. Naomi looks bashfully at her. Adult Tessa kneels down so that they are the same height. Hello, Naomi. Remember me? We played together as children. Who is it? Rose, Rose says, says off-screen. Adult Tessa secretly, secretively says, I have a gift for you. Tessa reveals the lantern, now worn with age. This is yours. Naomi smiles and coyly takes the object. A plump tear escapes from her eye, which she quickly wipes away. Adult Tessa gives her a motherly smile. There's someone I'd like you to meet. A little girl. Tessa's daughter peers out shyly from behind Adult Tessa. Um, her daughter, she says. This is my daughter, Naomi. I named her after you. Would you like to play together? We now fade to black. And it is the end. Hey. Now, Thank you I'm for not reading sure if it. I did the script justice or not, did I? <laughs> I think you did a great job. I mean, I, I, I haven't really read it in a very long time, but just listening to you read it out just reminded me, like, at this point of my life, I was desperately wanting to write animation. Mm-hmm. And, like, so... Um, when I wrote this, it, it was written in order to be filmed in 3D because ah. 3D was coming out. It was supposed to be really big, and this is supposed to be set in San Francisco. So, so um, 
Do you mean do you mean like CGI or stereoscopic 3D or what? Stereoscopic 3D. Ah. So huh. so that's why that's why like there's a lot of these like like there's there's a shot of the lantern moving between the houses. I mentioned the dust. Like all of these little things that are all about movement. Oh yeah. Like all of that is to is to try and heighten that it's it's supposed to be 3D. But as you were reading it and I was thinking like, you know, this is really animation. Like for this to be to be made, it's really yeah. It's sort of it's anyway, it lends itself to animation perhaps more than like two red cameras pointing uh, uh, to create the, the 3D eye. I, I was looking at red cameras on eBay and they cost thousands of dollars. Ooh. Yes, I mean, the original hey, the original one was like $60,000, the original red one. So they've come down in price. Um, you know, the red dragon, I think, is like maybe $14,000 or something like that. Oh, and uh, David Finch is using uh, a monochrome version of one of the cameras to film Mank, which is about nice. uh, Mankey Wits. Uh, Mankey Wicks, who wrote Citizen Kane. <gasps> well, there you go. That's or right. Wrote Citizen Kane. Like we, we, I, I, I don't know exactly, but anyway, he had something big to do with Citizen Kane. I can't remember. Sure. Exactly. I think he might have been the producer of that, and then he he wrote um, All About Eve. <gasps> oh, I love that movie. It's one of the best written movies ever. If okay, it... okay, anyone who has not seen All About Eve, please see it. It is a stage play. Well, it, it like it was not. It a was stage a stage play. play. What it was? Yeah, it was a stage play that was. Oh, it was a short story, which was adapted to a stage play, which was adapted to a movie, uh-huh. which was adapted to a musical. <laughs> Wait, so it was, so the movie did come from a stage play. Wow. So um, yeah, so so each iteration is slightly different, and it's all supposed to be based on a semi-true story, uh-huh. like inspired by a true story. But you know, for for anyone listening who doesn't know anything about uh, all about Eve, if you've ever heard the line "Fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be a bumpy night," that line comes from all about Eve. So there you go. I mean, Stephen Elliott and Betty Davis. Yay! <laughs> I mean, and this is a... Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Kim Kim Carnes, right? Um, yes. You know, she's got... What is it? Anyway, so hollow gold. Um, but anyway, so I guess thank you very much. Uh, it's probably close to midnight now for you or something like that. Uh, no, it's only like 10.45 p.m. <laughs> it's only 10.45. But anyway, it might be time to 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 wrap this up and I might see if – I hope, even though I'm recording – so I'm recording this on Skype, but ooh, I really hope I can download it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> anyway. Thanks. Thanks for letting me be a uh, stupid fanboy. And it's okay, you know. Um, Beck's get a bit crazy in the, as he's throwing the team DMs. Yeah, he was, he was like, you know, um, next time let's have Hamish as like the hostile witness sort of thing. 
And I'm sure. Thinking, oh, as, as funny as that is, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like there's something Beck could do better than me. I'll <laughs> still witness. Sure. Sure. Um, Sorry, yeah, Beck. Yeah. Sorry, Beck. Um, so, anyway, so th- thanks to. Um, Thanks to everyone for listening, and please check out. So, if you're in Australia, um, Welcome to Whoop Whoop is on Stan, and it's on DVD from Umbrella Entertainment. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot Umbrella did the has the local DVD here. <laughs> and uh, Priscilla, I think, is uh, now owned by MGM, which is owned by who now? I don't know. I can't remember. But I was. Gonna- <laughs> Yeah, my one of my friends actually lent me a umbrella. Reminded me they lent me a cup. My one of my friends lent me a copy of uh, the Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. Ah, nice. Time and I watched House of a Thousand Corpses before the call, and I just thought I'd show it to the camera because why not? I have to. I have to give it back to the friend by the weekend. <laughs> but hey, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll why it. not? Why not? So anyway. Um, Umbrella reminded me they used to have this little mascot who either hung from a washing line or uh, or walked around, and there was a sign behind him, or even in one of them got cut in half. <laughs> <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> like I think uh, my friend, one of my friends, uh, lent me. One of my friends was coming over watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and they had that variant. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I mean that 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 brings us back to Priscilla, which has that that little uh, aside, you know, the the Texas Chainsaw Mascara, <laughs> <laughs> where where Guy Pierce goes up and or, tries to order something from the video store, and you've got the poster of frauds behind him. He's like, "Do you have anything like the te- Texas t- Chainsaw Mascara?" <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and the the video store guy is like sucking on a candy or lolly or something, and it's just <laughs> it's a stupid little movie. But anyway, thank you for reading my my scripts. Like, you know, they they've been literally gathering digital dust, and like, I love the Toy Girl. Like, it, it's like, it's like, it's one of those scripts that. You know, it, it really broke my heart that it never got made. So thank you for bringing it to life. Yeah, like one day I'm sure that I'm sure that you can get that we can get voices for it and we can try to, you know, send it out to an animation studio or whatever. Sure. I mean like if if I have oodles and oodles of money, I would love to do that. If I ever, if I ever end up doing a family movie or uh, or something or something that's just lighter or something, you know, that could run before it possibly. Who knows? Sure. As long as yeah. I get past my writer's block. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's there's a way. There's a way. You gotta. Anyway, I'll I'll we we can we should uh, we can talk. discuss by the recording if you want. It's okay. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So. Uh, yeah, but um, in any case, so thank you very much for joining us. And I might say a cheerio. Uh, you can follow uh, us at Fizz Popcast and Spike Green, um, my handle. Um, Spike that's right. Dash Green, I think it is. That's right. So Spike underscore Green. And 
Hopefully. Like, like, if that doesn't work, just do Spike Green with capital letters for the thing, you know. <laughs> just just look it up. <laughs> or it'll be in our show notes, either if, if we're yeah, down here on YouTube if you're watching or if you're listening, uh, take a look at, uh, at the description. So thank you, everyone, and I will hit the stop Pop and Fizz is recorded and edited by me, Beck. You can contact us at anchorfm.omoa or on Twitter at FizzPopCast. We look forward to hearing from you.